Looking for a Bible to encourage the girl in your life? The NIV Kingdom Girls Bible is a beautiful new Bible that will inspire girls ages 8 to 12. It contains 400 features and colorful illustrations and highlights famous and sometimes infamous women of the Bible. Special notes will encourage girls to apply Bible passages to their lives through prayer, art, and activities. Go to NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com for a free sample and to learn more about this amazing Bible. Visit NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com today. The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. the very first Life as a Life Schooler podcast, and we're really excited to be here with you, um, my co-host Christy Deason and I. And so, you know, let's just get started, Christy. Um, my name is Danielle Papa Giorgio, and I've been homeschooling, or what we like to call life schooling, for the past 14 years, going on 15. So, um, you know, you might be wondering, those of you who are listening, so what is this life schooling thing? Life schooling, as we define it, is the individualized process of discovering your child's God-given gifts and talents through real-life experiences that happen within the context of your family's unique situations and missions. So that's just kind of to, you know, the official definition to kind of sum up what this whole life schooling thing is about. But really, it's not anything new. It's just sort of we've kind of put this definition on it to sort of succinctly say, what it is homeschooling looks like for us. Because if you know anything about the history of homeschooling, the um, pioneer homeschoolers, I guess you would call them, they really did things a lot this way. And I don't know, I guess I'll hand it off to you, Christy, if you want to just go ahead and kind of introduce who you are and how we got involved with this life schooling thing. Because I know you've been, you've already actually graduated your homeschooling kids and, and you're farther along this path than I am. So um, I think I'll just hand it off to you, first of all, and tell us who you are and tell us about your journey. Okay. All right. My name is Christy Deason, and I think I am one of the aforementioned pioneers. (laughs) I've got all my hood and bonnet and driving my (laughs) wagon around. Um, Feels like that sometimes. No, we we weren't the very first homeschoolers, but we did come into it pretty early in the game. My daughter was born in 1987 and my son in 1990, and we homeschooled for 21 years. Wow. So, you're right. So, when we began, um, I did not intend to homeschool my children. I did not know from birth that I would, but I learned later that that's what I was doing. As I look back, we were life schooling. We didn't Mm -hmm. call it that. And as life went on and we began to just go through life and help our children along. What we ended up doing was doing what you said about the Mm -hmm. definition of life schooling and looking at their individual interests, guiding them along, and and just making sure that they were tracking with where we felt like the Lord wanted them to be according to who he made them. Mm -hmm. And we did a lot of different experimental type things because, you know, uh, you sometimes 
in the process, you get nervous and you think, what am I doing? Oh, maybe I should go do this. Maybe I should go do that. So we were very eclectic in our approach and lots of things that didn't work, we trashed and things that worked, we went with. And it was a learning process the whole way through. And I didn't know what the outcome would be. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, from where I am now looking back, I can see how the, the things that we tried the ones that align most with life schooling or the things that purely were what we call life schooling now are the things that were that took effect and the things that are still in, in effect in their lives even now. Hmm. And the other things that we tried that were more traditional school-like or para-school-like were the things that I really could have just let go altogether. Mm-hmm. So... Looking back, that's an interesting observation for me to make and to hand down. And the spirit of life schooling that remains in my children today is amazing. My son, although he's an engineer, he's a, he's a mechanical engineer and he's working in the field of mechanical engineering and doing well, but his passion is behind these other things that he's doing in his life, earning other streams of income that lead him to his own independence. Mm-hmm. And then my, my daughter as well, she's working in her field, but she already knows that her end game, her goal is to open her own martial arts school. And she, she's just waiting. She and her husband, both of my children now are married and these couple, couples are just working towards these things and waiting to you know, the right time to, to launch and go totally independent. So did I set that out as a goal for my children when they were little? No, not because I didn't think it wasn't a good goal, but because I we were just really, I mean, flying by the seat of our pants. I mean, truly. <laughs> and we were <laughs> just trusting the Lord. I just knew that the Lord was saying to me, you're not going to know the outcome if you put them in school either. There is no guaranteed outcome. Exactly. So you do what I've led you to do. Right. You leave it with me right. and let me let me, in my sovereignty, control the outcome. And exactly. so once I really realized that, it was very freeing. And it became exciting at that at that point instead of scary. Right. It went from fear to, I don't know, if I could try to use alliteration, fantastic, you know. <laughs> so It's such a faith walk. And I love how you talk about your children's gifts and, and, and how – you know, you didn't start that way. I think that's the biggest thing for most of us is, and I would I'd dare say all of us, <laughs> we have to let go of this mindset that says, this is what school looks like. This is the safe route. This is the, you know, you said something about the, you didn't have a guarantee of, of what the outcome would be. You know, we have this thought that it is guaranteed. We It's the security blanket of having everything laid out, here's what they do in first grade, here's what they do in second grade, having all the curriculum laid out. And we went that security blanket, and yet it's really just an illusion that it's all going to be safe and predictable, and it's not. And the biggest, I think, puts chains on people. It puts puts them in bondage to somebody else's idea of what school should look like and what our children need. When our children are individuals, and that's why with the definition of life schooling, it's the individualized process of discovering right. a child's gifts because 
they are individuals. Our families are unique, and it's not going to be the same um, the same thing for every family. Schooling is not going to look exactly the same because we are unique, and God created us as unique individuals with unique gifts. Right. So I just I just love that. Um, so I don't know if, if you want to add anything to that. Well, yeah, I think it's a good point, and um, it also. Um, if you have that mindset of light schooling, it also prevents you from having this approach to your children as if they are your product. Right. Where Because Bingo. if you're comparing them to other children or to a system or to an expected outcome, then you are trying to mold them to the outcome. Mm-hmm. And now your children are under that pressure to a certain level and to, and to become a certain thing. And fear when you're right. not secure that what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing and that you're, you're doing it right. in the right way. Because exactly. you feel like your children have to be this product to prove that mm-hmm. what you're doing is legitimate. Mm-hmm. And if you it's, it's nothing that a parent might say consciously, but I think subconsciously that it's there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Is fear and it's not a, a mode that we're supposed to operate in. And, exactly. And then, you know, um, who was it? A lady who, who said to me, a wise woman, that um, expectations are future disappointments. Huh. Oh, that's. Good. But you're really you're setting yourself up, and you're setting your children up, and I think it causes strife in the home, which mm-hmm. makes. Everyone draw the conclusion, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. my children and we were fighting all the time. And mm-hmm. Well, you would be. Mm-hmm. You would be if that is how your mindset is and if that's how Absolutely. you have, if it's not that dynamic you've created. Well, and, you know, I think that's part of the reason why I really felt this. Um, I just think it was from the Lord, really, to kind of rebrand and repackage if you if you will just the whole idea of homeschooling because I feel like it's almost been co-opted by um you know and I'm not anti-curriculum but I feel almost like it's been co-opted by curriculum companies and by people who are doing this thing in this way that it was never done before um you know I always talk about the pioneer homeschoolers this is not the way they homeschooled they didn't go out and yeah. buy their packaged curriculum number one because they couldn't <laughs> I mean, it wasn't available. Right. People wouldn't, curriculum companies would not sell to the early homeschoolers um, right. because they were such a teeny tiny minority and it was, it, they just didn't do that. And so right. the pioneers, you know, they really, I just have so much awe and respect for them because what a step of faith to completely go outside of the norm of what everybody else is doing and say, nope, we're going to bring our kids home and we're going to school them. You know, well, how are you going to do that? Well, I don't know, but we're going to do it. And so it was real life. It was more the life schooling model of learning through their real life experiences, um, you know, and just things that came along and opportunities that came along because they didn't have the curriculum like we do today. Um, Right. And and what happened was, um, you know, when you have an audience or if you want to, you know, use the word market, what happens is when there's a need there, it, then people start to fill the need. And so what a lot of them mm-hmm. did was create curriculum um, 
from their own doing. And they came up with some really great, wonderful things that you can use that are not schooly. They're very mm-hmm. creative. They're very thought-provoking, and they're not, um, you know, canned curriculum. Right. So what, but what happened, I think, is that was good, but then that happened more and more than the, um, as that as they was was successful, the curriculum companies came in. Either they either created their own big curriculum company, or the curriculum companies came in and said, "Oh, we need a piece of that pie." Right. So they jumped on board. And what happened? You know, just um, so we used to have to get together and create our own little. We would get our kids together and study, you know, ancient Greece or ancient Rome, and we do mm-hmm. crafts and have a lot of fun with it. But fast forward down the road, and probably about the time my son was 15, 16, 17, this, you know, we were already out. He was pretty much launched. But all these other things were in place for new homeschoolers. So we went from being a creative community to a consumer community. And that's where we are now. We're a consumer community. You're so right. That has put so well, Christine. We went from being a creative community to a consumer community. Um, that is totally spot on, and I think I think you just hit the nail on the head with that statement because because it's really true. And to me, that's not necessarily a good thing. I don't think it is a good thing. And it's funny too because I was talking to one of the pioneer homeschoolers one time. I can't even remember who it was. Um, I think it was Dr. Mary Hood actually, and she was saying, you know, I I kind of get a little tickled when homeschoolers talk about all the success that they have with homeschooling. She said, and and I look at homeschooling today, and it's totally different. She said, no, you're not the ones that have the successful, um, you know, homeschoolers. This was my generation. (laughs) These were the kids that I raised, you know, and we didn't do it the way you're doing it. And so, you know, and she she put it much better than I'm relaying it to you. But just the idea that... um, we just don't understand how much we have lost in in um, setting aside that creativity and that just complete trust that the Lord will guide us and plugging into the system in a sense. Right. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Check my boxes, and it'll all work out. That is really right. not listening to the Holy Spirit and listening to the Lord on a daily basis. And you know, one of right. the verses that really speaks to me is in Proverbs, and I can't think of the reference, but um, it's. The heart of man, and I hope I quote it right, but I'll get it pretty close. The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Yes, absolutely. You know, and I think that's just really when I read that first, it so hit home to me because I'm like, you know, we do, we plan our ways, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not saying that that's something evil. But, you know, the point is, the second half of that is that the Lord directs our steps. The curriculum, the scope and sequence, what your friends think you need to be doing, that is not what should direct our steps. It's no. the Lord. And so well, the Lord directing our steps should be exciting. Exactly. And not fearful. Why are we fearful? He's the God of the universe. I mean, do we feel like we can't <laughs> trust him? Hello. <laughs> right. You know, it's right. just crazy when you start to think about it that we are fearful about letting go. You know, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We have this promise, and yet we still live in this place of fear as parents, as mothers, that that we have to control everything and that um, 
you know, we just really don't trust that our children are not only our children, but think about this, because this just blew my mind the first time it came to me. They're also our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, to think of them in that way, I think really for me, gives me more of a trust in the process that God is working, that he's working not just in my life and in my heart, but truly if we have taught them to fear the Lord and love the Lord and put God first and seek him, then why do we not think that he's going to speak to them in the same way? And I think right. we just get, I don't know if it's pride or what, but, you know, our children are spiritual beings. They are their mm-hmm. own um you know, they're their own individuals, and God will work in their hearts and their lives just as he will in ours. And I think the real importance with that thought, too, is that he has put gifts in each one of us. And and this is the bottom line. He has given each person a specific mission on this earth. And to accomplish that mission or missions, um, you know, he's put into us the gifts that we will need. And so your children they know that better than anybody. Now, that's not to say that we don't see those things in them, maybe before they see them. Um, even my daughter, from the time she was really little, we saw this um, acting ability in her. And she was okay. like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, she's all shy. It's like, okay, you know, <laughs> we let it go. But we knew it was there, and she just had right. to figure that out. God had to speak to her about that, and now it's like her her passion. But... um but this is the thing is that God will speak to them and they're going to know what he's saying if they love him. And and he will show them their gifts if they're searching them out and they're, um, you know, really exploring different areas of interest. So And if you let them, because exactly, I know exactly. my children didn't always want to do things that I wanted them to do. In fact, my daughter probably would be the biggest example of this. Um, because, I mean, she wasn't the little pink frou-frou ballet girl. Mm-hmm. She was a real tomboy and rough and tough and just loved to get out there and do whatever her daddy was doing. Get real daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. And if I had tried to turn her into some little, you know, frilly thing that she wasn't, Mm-hmm. I think I would have had we would have had more issues with her. She, I mean, she played baseball with the boys until she was twelve at the Y. <laughs> she played. She was a pitcher. She, she, um, she wanted to do martial arts. I was not. I was not really on board with that. I left that up to my husband, mm-hmm. and he searched for three years until he found a place where he felt like it was good and sound, and it wasn't you know spiritually wrong, right? Uh, you know, pr- approach mm-hmm. and. She, um, you know, she wanted to, and then after all that, she wanted to pursue um, uh, police work. Hmm, wow. And that's very scary as a mother. Yeah. And even for Ed, my husband, it was, we were, you know, we don't, you don't imagine wanting your child to go around doing that type of work, especially if they're a girl. Right. I know how that can sound to some people, but there it is. Um, that's mm-hmm. how we felt. Mm-hmm. And well, but we didn't, but we did not say no mm-hmm. because we felt like the, you know her life is in God's hands, and if she feels that's where she's being led, then and especially as she was eighteen, nineteen, twenty, going through college, and she did many amazing and cool things. She did an internship with the FBI in Washington D.C. It was the honors internship. Mm-hmm. She, which is a paid internship, and she did a lot of work there. She did um, 
uh, police work with our local police through college. She was a cadet, which is an internship program. She learned many, many things. She applied for a law enforcement type job out of college. Just so happens that it was a bad year in 2009 for jobs, and she got all the way through the process. They wanted her, but they didn't have the funding, so she didn't get the job. Hmm. Since then, she's decided that that was God's provision because she now knows that she did not want to do that. She's glad she did not do Hmm. that kind of work. Her life took a different direction, and, you know, she's very happy with where she is. Hmm. But our thing was, we don't want you to look back and think, wow, you missed an opportunity. You wish you'd gone down a road because we right. held you back. We we told her how we felt. We said, but you belong to God. Your life is in God's hands, and we're trusting him with your life. And as long as you believe, you've prayed, and you really believe this is the path you're supposed to go down and continue mm-hmm. to go down it, and the Lord will open and shut the doors that he wants for you. Exactly. So, that was very scary, but had she gotten a job, and we supported her totally. It wasn't like, well, if you want to go do that, you go make it happen yourself. No, we stood there with her, and we supported her. Um, and it was hard. I mean, you don't hold that newborn baby in your arms and go, oh, look at my little soldier, or look at my little <laughs> policeman, or, or anything dangerous. You don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But people grow up, and they do jobs like this. I have... I have two nephews, one's a fireman, one's a policeman. It is those are dangerous jobs and my sister, you know, that she has she holds them in trust with the Lord. So if you go down this road of trust and faith, it's not necessarily gonna go the way you think, like you said, about making the plans, but God directs our steps. And this is true with your children because mm-hmm. they they might choose something that you're thinking, Oh no, don't do that. <laughs> but it it, it it's and it might, you know what, it might even be something they choose, and it wasn't a right decision. But God is still there, and He is sovereign, and He knows mm-hmm. how to reach our children. And we have to let that go. Exactly. And not get in the way and not grieve the Holy Spirit. So it is such a faith walk. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. that really is the bottom line. It's just right. coming back to it. It's that... Um, you know, are you going to homeschool with this fear at your at the core? Or are you going to have that faith in, Amen. in God and His leading? So faith is freedom. Yeah, exact, exactly. And that's again, like I said before, it's just the illusion. We think that freedom mm-hmm. comes from having everything all scripted and written out for us, and mm-hmm. yet that is such bondage and such it slavery. Um, you know, and and it just it it breaks my heart really when I see people homeschoolers living that way because I feel like it's such a stress. It's such a stress to the kids. It's a stress to the parents. It's yeah. a stress to to the marital relationship. Really. Yeah. Um. And you know, uh-huh. and then they like you said they end up you know stopping homeschooling and it's like, but wait a minute, you don't really know what homeschooling is. You, you don't yeah. know the freedom that you can really have. Um, but it's really exciting just to talk about these real-life experiences that God brings, because truly he will bring them. And that's one thing um, Barbara and I, um, we had been talking a while back about, you know, just she had been wanting her daughter to get more into um, using her talent with sewing and costume design. She's like, I just really want Elizabeth to be able to do this, and I don't know 
how that's going to happen. I'm like, Barbara, you would not believe the opportunities if you just, like, just trust that the Lord's going to bring it about. And, you know, because you you can't imagine how he brings it about. I remember when I was younger thinking, oh, I have to, I have to start um, manipulating things and, you know, kind of um, gearing the kids towards this direction so that they can can use this talent or, you know, and there's some of that helping them to be able to use their talents, but there's also a big part of it is just prayer and just trusting that when the time is right, okay. because okay. there's a right time for everything in Ecclesiastes, you know, there's a season for everything. And God will bring that opportunity about if you have your eyes open and you're looking for right. it. And then, you know, just after we had this conversation, then here it is, I guess, like a year, almost a year later. And, she had an amazing opportunity for her kids this past month in January, the whole month of January. And she stepped out in faith and just said, okay, we're going to take off school because there was an opportunity to be involved with a movie project for her kids. And I don't want to give too much away because it's really awesome. And just the way the Lord brought that about, it was nothing she sought out. And, okay, how can we get the kids involved in movie making? You know, she didn't go out and try to manipulate this and bring it about. It was just an opportunity truly that right. the Lord brought along for her and um, just opened the doors and she stepped through with her children. And so it's just a really exciting story and an exciting example of what we're talking about here. And um, so I really can't wait to share that on the next show with our, our listeners um, about her story and, and everything that her kids got to experience through that, that real-life opportunity. So Right, I, and I imagine it's probably even better than what she thought she could have gone out and created on her own. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. You can't manufacture real life experience. You can't you can't manufacture this kind of stuff. You no, know, you can't. You're right. Because it's the Lord's doing and he can create these opportunities and, and the experiences unlike anything that we could create or imagine. Um above yeah. all that we could ask or think, you know, <laughs> like like it's right. in the Bible. But um so I think with that, you know, we've crammed in a lot in this half hour, and it's been really cool to just hear your story and your testimony as um, as a pioneer homeschooler. Well, that's all for this time. Thank you for joining us on Life as a Life Schooler. I'm Danielle Papagiorgio. And I'm Chris Kedishan. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>